Welcome to Climate Briefs, a super quick summary of all the things that matter for the climate in 2021. I ask a simple question, our experts give a succinct answer, because everyone likes a tight brief. And to explain the issue of climate finance, I am joined by Alex Johnston, Alex Johnston, from uh, who is campaign lead at Oxfam New Zealand, and also Joe Spratt, who is the communications and advocacy director at Oxfam New Zealand. Thank you for joining me, Alex and Joe. Hi, Vincent. All right, Alex, you get the talking stick. What is climate finance? Uh, climate finance is financial support that um, high-income countries, wealthy countries, um, need to provide to um, developing countries and climate-vulnerable countries that are on the front lines of climate change to um, adapt to the impacts of um, the changing weather patterns and and climate breakdown that they are seeing right now, as well as to support them to transition to uh, a clean energy future and to help uh, make sure that the whole world can keep to within 1.5 degrees of warming. So to give you an example, it's uh, finance that would support things like uh, supporting communities um, in the Pacific Islands to, to um, develop adaptive agricultural practices so that they continue to grow good sources of food as the, the disruptive weather, weather patterns um, occur and as sea levels rise um, mm-hmm. to make sure that they can continue to, to eat good food um, as well as supporting initiatives that um, can help countries like Bangladesh get access to uh, renewable electricity, distributed um, you know, community solar power um, to make sure that people are getting access to electricity that's not powered by fossil fuels. Um, so really supporting and enabling those communities to um, yeah, both adapt to climate change but also mitigate um, its effects as they develop. And these sums of money, are they dictated by something like, I don't know, the uh, Paris Agreement or the COP uh, agreements? Are, are they sort of set by global cooperation or are they done more on an ad hoc basis? It's a, it's a bit of both. So um, there, there have been real battles for um, rich countries, well, uh, highly developed countries, to commit certain amounts of climate finance. So back in 2010 at the COP, uh, Global Climate Change Talks, um, there was a real battle and developed countries committed to mobilizing 100 billion US dollars a year in climate finance by 2020. Um, that was reaffirmed in the Paris Agreement in 2015. Um, however, it was clear that it wasn't going to be met. Um, and so that goal was extended to 2025. But that goal is is sort of set at that political negotiation level. It doesn't actually reflect the, the global levels of need of what's, what's really needed to support communities to face the impacts of climate change, what's really needed to make sure that the majority of the world's population can get access to to clean renewable energy. So there's what's agreed at the political level, um, which countries like New Zealand haven't haven't reached the, those collective targets. But then the the level of need is actually far higher than that. 
And what's um, the mechanism by which this money is transferred? Is it through something like the World Bank or through the Monetary Fund, International Monetary Fund? What is the – tell us about how these huge sums of money are shifted. Yeah, so there's several different um, – means that this happens. It happens um, between countries at the kind of bilateral level. Um, so New Zealand does a lot of that, its climate finance through uh, its overseas aid program, country to country. Mm. There's also the multilateral um, organisations. So there are some that have been set up under the um, UN climate change process, such as the Green Climate Fund, uh, which are very focused on climate change. And then there are things like the multilateral development banks, like the World Bank, uh, the Asian Development Bank, et cetera, which yeah. countries will also contribute to um, and count some of that as climate finance. Um, so we've been talking at a kind of nation-to-nation -nation level. There's a whole other sector of the finance, you know, probably a much larger, or might, I don't know, but a, certainly a huge proportion of capital that moves around the world through mm -hmm. private institutions, banks, and so on. A, a big portion of those now are what are being called ESG, right? Environmental, social, and, and governance. Mm -hmm. uh, would you include that type of green finance? Is that part of climate finance, or is that actually a separate um, money pool altogether? Um, it's, it's related, but it is a separate pool. So... Um, so the technical obligations uh, of countries that are negotiated at that UN level are um, around public finance as well as um, mobilised private finance. So that the, the parts of private finance that are mobilised through, um, for example, you know, um, governments coordinating. Um, public finance to help support a, a country like Tokelau apply for private finance to do a renewable energy project. Oh, um, so the, yeah. the private finance has to be linked and to be mobilised by public finance. Yes. The reason that the the linkage is there, or sorry, the distinction is there, is that um, it's really recognising the, the responsibility of countries like New Zealand, Australia, the UK, US, etc., the governments that uh, have created the the problem through through government policy and um, the obligation on governments yeah. to those governments to um, compensate for for the the damage that is being done um, and and support communities that are um, less financially able um, to uh, yeah transition to clean energy. So uh, it's merely a, it. a government obligation. And this Joe is this is why climate finance is so closely related to climate justice. That's right. That's exactly right. Because it's about making sure that the people that cause the problem um, contribute the most to fixing it. Uh, when those who are experienced the, experiencing the greatest impacts, like for example Kiribati that may stand to lose uh, its land mass and, and a whole nation and its history may have mm. to move elsewhere, um, although they're, they're working hard to prevent that, uh, they're really suffering those impacts, um, whereas it's the wealthy countries that that can afford to um, adapt in their own countries, uh, but that caused the problem. What is the role of Oxfam and organisations like yours in the climate finance and the climate justice world? What do you see your job being? 
Yeah. Um, our job is threefold, really. Um, I mean, Alex and I work in advocacy and campaigns, so our job is about trying to get the legal structures and policies in place that make sure that we bring everybody with us and leave nobody behind as we're moving to carbon neutral economies and that we do that, we make the shift reasonably quickly, as quickly as we can. Um, and that's about influencing governments and corporates to change their practices and, mm -hmm. and behaviour. Our colleagues who work with work across the world with communities, they um, sometimes use climate finance from public sources um, to support yeah. support communities and families to you know, grow grow different types of crops or move their move their move their homes um, to get water in places where there'll be greater amounts of drought. Um, and at the government level, we in those countries. We, our colleagues are also influencing governments there to make sure that they support their people in the right ways. Mm. And then we also uh, do a lot of uh, work around disaster preparedness and um, response and relief. And so uh, that's the more um, pointy end of it all where we have these uh, much more severe storms yes. um, as we're seeing in the Pacific right now playing out. Uh, that damage so many more people because of global heating. Uh, so we also work in terms of responding to those disasters. Mm. Um, 2021 is a big year for climate. We touched on that last week. Um, in terms of climate finance, Alex, what's on the agenda for 2021? Um, well, there's a real push. It's it's um, COP26 at the end of the year is when... Um, when it was supposed to happen this year was meant to be when that, that 100 billion a year goal was meant to be met. So it's a real moment to highlight progress on achieving that goal, uh, lack of progress, should I say, um, and also starting to negotiate what um, high income uh, developed countries should contribute after 2020. Um, and so it'll be a really big moment to, to really step up the ambition. Um, mm. It's also in New Zealand, it's the start of a new three-year funding period for our overseas aid budget. And so within that, we, we've been pushing for that budget to be increased um, and for the climate finance um, that goes through our aid budget to be to be increased proportionally. So um, there's, there'll be a big push for that around May when the government decides their budget, as well as at the global level later in the year. Excellent. What what a big year ahead. Anything for you, Joe? What's on your climate agenda for twenty twenty one? Yeah, pretty much the same. We're um, we're all pulling in the same direction here. Uh, we have this campaign going at the moment called Big Hearts, and uh, listeners can head to the website bigheartsorg.nz, uh, and that is uh, partly about getting more climate finance. We really, really need to match. Uh, our government needs to match its lofty words with with action now, mm. and that is about getting more finance um, to countries across the Pacific and across the world that are really experiencing the impacts as we speak, um, as well as taking action here to get our emissions down as quickly as possible. So we're just totally focused on that next year and working with partners here and across the Pacific in particular to really drive governments to act. And actually to to step up to the challenge from Pacific Island leaders who have said this is a, the biggest challenge to our, our security, to our existence, and everybody needs to pull together to make sure that they survive. 
Well, good luck with that and all power to you. Um, Joe Spratt and Alex Johnston from uh, Oxfam New Zealand explaining for us what is climate finance. Thank you for joining us uh, on the show and uh, good luck for next year. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for having us. This Climate Business is brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. 